podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Spurs fans around the world, and everybody here at the 100 Club in London's glamorous West End, welcome to the Spurs Show Christmas Special. Uh, joining me tonight, I'm delighted to say, one of our finest football writers, Martin Lipton is back. And... One of our finest, certainly one of our finest ever goalkeepers is joining us here, our very, very special guest, Mr. Paul Robinson, everyone. Absent friends, I should mention, Mike Lee and Pete Hayne, who can't be here tonight. Hello to both of them. We're going to do a Spurs show in the normal way. We're going to talk about the state of play. We're going to talk about post-World Cup landscape. We're going to talk about our prospects for the rest of the season and so on. And then after we've done our normal Spurs show thing, we're going to pause just briefly. And then we're going to talk to Paul about his fantastic service for Tottenham Hotspur in some depth. But first, let's talk about the state of play. Uh, the World Cup, of course, finished at the weekend. Spectacular World Cup, especially the final, with two Tottenham players in it. One of them a goalkeeper. Uh, brilliant entertainment, but where does it leave us? As I understand it, and Martin will be able to fill in the blanks here, uh, we've got some fitness worries. Richarlison and Bentoncourt, important players, as I understand it, have come back crocked. Uh, that could be opportunities for other players to play. There will obviously also be players who've gone deep into the tournament who may not be available straight away. Can you update us on your perception of any of that, Martin? Right, so I was actually at the game at, uh, it was called Stadium 974, which was the one made out of the shipping containers when um, Ben Tanko got his little knock. He came off after about half an hour of the game against Ghana. Now, he would have been suspended in any event for Saturday, or uh, Monday, rather, for the Ventford game. Um, Conte today said he thinks he's okay for the Villa game on, on New Year's Day, so that's right. quite good. But Charleston, they're going to have a, they had a scan, MRI scan today on the, the injury. They were looking at five weeks out from the time of the injury, which probably takes us till second, third week in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, Davis came back with an injury against England. He suffered that, but um, he's okay. He train, he's training full on, so that's quite handy. Uh, we'll see Romero in about... July, I think. <laughs> uh, no, he, I mean, realistically, look, I mean, it was interesting. Graham Potter actually said this um, about a week before the World Cup, and I did a press conference that, uh, which I, I don't do very often these days, thankfully. I have staff who do that. But um, I went to a, to a Chelsea press conference, and Potter said that basically he couldn't expect or ex- see any way that players who played in the final would be available at Boxing Day. Uh, whether they won or lose, because the you know the emotional intensity. He said, yeah. if Brazil or Argentina or whomever, they're going to have a parade. We can't stop them doing that. It's, that's, so 
Well, Romero was having the parade about, about now. So he flies back tomorrow. So he gets back on Thursday. There's no way he's going to play before, before New Year's Day. Probably not even then, I, I suspect. Just because he's also played every game for Argentina. He yes. has to be played a game for Spurs. Uh, but that's another matter. Yeah. Because uh, he missed the last six, I think. Yeah. After the, but, so I don't think we'll see him. Luis... Theoretically, he's back tomorrow, but again, yeah. they, I think if Forster's fit, they might want to play him on, on Monday, just to give Luis a bit of head time. Is there a question mark over Forster's fitness? Well, he, he, he didn't play the, the two friendlies they had, the first okay. two friendlies. Yeah. Now, whether he plays against Nice tomorrow, I think if we'll he plays see. then. Yeah. Okay. But of course, if he's not fit, then yeah. you're going to probably have to say to Luis, can you play? Yeah, yeah. You, know, you don't really want to go in with your third choice yeah. goalkeeper yeah. in a game and, and you know, it's 24 games or 23 games left for Spurs in the Premier League plus yeah. Champions League plus FA Cup the season is it's only a third of the way through yeah. but there's a long way to go but they're all big games and yeah. I think the key would be also what state of mind Harry Kane is in mm-hmm. now, his, his commitment isn't in question it's just he's missed the penalty and he's taken it because of the sort of player he has and Paul will know he'll take it very much on himself yeah. And I think the best thing for Harry Kane actually would to get out, score a goal and yeah. get his head back into football. Sure, sure. But you wouldn't be surprised if he was struggling and suffering a bit. Yeah. Just because it's a normal human reaction. Yeah, Paul, but, Paul do you tell us, how much does that psych... I mean, these players are all coming back from a World Cup and they've had completely contrasting experiences. One of them's won the World Cup. One of them's lost in the final. Some have gone out disappointingly in the group stage, etc., etc., etc. How much of a part is that going to play in their ability to come back and play at top level? Well, I can only comment from personal opinion of been knocked out disappointingly in the quarterfinals. Yeah. Um, Romero, write him off. If that was me, you won the World Cup. You're not going to see me for the rest of the season. <laughs> right. I mean, you, you, you see right. Argentina, you look, you look <laughs> at what they've done, you What's look at their celebrations yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, it'd be great to have him back as soon as possible. But I think his injury record this season hasn't been great. But he's played the World Cup and he's, he's got a winner's medal. It'd yeah. be very, very difficult that we can call upon him in the next two or three weeks, in all honesty. Okay. As far as Harry's concerned play him next week he wants to play he wants to get out he wants to score goals he wants yeah. to score a penalty the best thing that he can do is score a goal score a penalty and put everything behind him yeah. he's, he's never going to forget it it's going to be with him for the rest of his life but it's something that he can put to bed very very quickly we all know how good he is we all know the quality that he's got if he doesn't score in the first weekend of the season on Boxing Day away at Brentford people are going to go oh is, is it you know, an aftermath of the World Cup, blah, blah, blah. The sooner he scores a goal, the sooner he scores a penalty. And that's the type of person he is. He wants to get on the pitch, wants to score a goal, wants to score a penalty, and then it's done. It's put to bed. As we know, we're we're very fickle as ex-players, pundits, football fans. We we see what we want to see from him. And when when he scores a goal, everything's forgotten. Yeah. So, as you say, you've come back from World Cup disappointed with England. Did 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 it affect you personally... I mean, did you, do you think it affected you as you went into games? I mean, obviously, it's completely different this time because we're going straight back into a league season. But even, even for you guys when you came back then? Yeah, this is a different time because it's a, a World Cup that we've not seen before. Yeah. Unprecedented times in the middle of the season. Everything aside, I think the football side of things, the World Cup's been fantastic. Yeah. Watching the football. Yeah. Um, the time of season that it's, it's been played at, we're yet to see what effect it will have later on in the tournament. For me personally... I couldn't tell you who won the World Cup in 2006 when we got knocked out. Right. I couldn't tell you who played the final right. because you're not interested. Right. You, you take it hard, you take it personally. Mm-hmm. People say to me, I've had so many questions and they say, oh, what was the dressing room like when you got knocked out in 2006? 
you lost on penalties. It was everyone down in the dressing room. Mm. The hardest thing for me was we went back to the dressing room. I got pulled for a UEFA doping drugs test. Mm -hmm. So I was obviously 90 minutes, extra time, penalties, unable to urinate in a bottle with somebody mm. watching me yeah. for quite some time. Yeah. So by the time I got back to the dressing room, my tracksuit was still hood up, hung up, and right. the kit man had left me a towel out. So it was. You had it to was get difficult. an Uber back to the hotel, presumably. Almost that, yeah. yeah. So one of the player liaisons had, had waited with me to get a car back to the hotel. Right. Uh, Martin, how do you see this, the, the, you know, the World Cup, knowing what we know, which isn't everything, obviously, but how do you see it uh, affecting the title race and the Premier League now, generally? I mean, it's interesting. I spoke to Ben Wright, who's sort of head of executive affairs, I think his name is, the title is at the PFA. Uh, a couple of months ago and he was telling me then how concerned the union was uh, not just for the players who go to the World Cup but those who didn't go to the World Cup because they would have had this unnatural six week break and they're not going to train properly they're going to have to try and do a second pre-season having never done it before so no one knows how to taper and then the players who come back who've played four, five, six games, they've played a lot of football. And there's a genuine fear there'll be a lot of injuries in January, February across the entire Premier League. But if you were to be divorce yourself from any sort of club affiliation and look at the, the injuries, Manchester City win the league by 15 points because Holland's not played. De Bruyne went home relatively early. He's their, they're their two best players. And they are, they're relatively rested. Others, though, of course, play till, till quite late. Uh, and when I'm disappointed, like the Portuguese players, Cancelo and Bernardo Silva, they'll have a psychological scar from the way they went out. So nobody knows, because we've never had a tournament in the middle of a season and then restarted the season literally as we do within a week. You know, Germany don't start till the 20th of January. Spain don't start until the 3rd of January. We are the, uh, surprise, surprise, the outlier. Yeah. No one's doing what we're doing, which is to go straight back in. Yeah. And so it is a, a journey into the unknown. But I would say Arsenal have lost their most important player. Really? That's a big thing for them. Yeah. Um, for, you know, let's, yeah, but let's be, you know, it, it's yeah, a yeah. real shame yeah, for... Yeah, sure. For, but even though he doesn't score goals, and he never scores goals, so don't be surprised he doesn't score goals, yeah. he is their key attacking yeah. player. He's disappeared. Yeah. Uh, and there'll be others who are going to be more, who are going to get injuries. It's going to be survival of the fittest yeah. for the next. I six think there's months. too much made of it. I really do. The, 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 the schedule's the same as the Premier League. You know, the, the World Cups. Yes, it's in the middle. Yes, it's concentrated. They played a game every three days, every four days. But that's what they're going to do this time of year anyway. Yeah. I think it's at the end of the season that you're going to see potential fatigue. The World Cup winners, the ones that have gone deep into the tournament, for the first two weeks, I can understand that. Yeah. But we always moan in this country. You see Jurgen Klopp moaning every week. We play too many games. Well, don't be so successful then. You know what you sign up for. If, you, if you're going to win games, you're going to get in the Champions League. You're going to get far in the FA Cup. You're going to get far in the Carabao Cup. You know what's going to happen. You're going to play X amount of games. And the World Cup has come mid-season. But these players, half of the players that he's lost, are playing exactly the same amount of games as what they would do in the Premier League. Yeah. So... Yes, they haven't had a break. Yes, they have picked up injuries, but they could potentially pick up injuries in the Premier League at the same time. Yeah. So for me, yes, you are playing a concentrated World Cup. It's been diluted into a very, very short space of time. Mm -hmm. The Premier League is going to kick back in, but you look at the, the timescale of games, what these players have played, they've probably played one, maybe two more games than they would have played anyway. Yeah, yeah. 
The difference is they've now got more games to play. In the, normally, by this stage of the season, you'd have played 18 Premier League games. And remember, they lost a weekend because of the Queen's death. Yeah. So you've got an extra... So you've got, you know, but as players, you'd rather play. Oh, absolutely. So speaking from experience, I would much rather play than three games a week than train. Yeah. You know, there's a lot made about players' fatigue. The only thing that mental fatigue is a huge issue. I agree with mental fatigue, with the effect of winning and losing, what it has on players. But actually, fitness fatigue, I don't think it has any effect on players. I think if they're going to get injured, they're going to get injured anyway. Well, let's talk about something else that's come out today uh, at Tottenham in the newspapers, which is... Um, Last week we did a Spurs show and we talked about how pleased we were that, that all the signs were that Conti was really keen to sign a new contract and stick around and everything was very harmonious in the camp. Today, the opposite noises are coming out which say that Conti is trying to put pressure on Levy to spend money and he's not... Levy's reluctant maybe to do so and that means Conti isn't keen to sign a new contract. How worrying is that from our point of view, Paul? From a Tottenham point of view, Conti's reported discontent we've got one of the world's best managers um, in my opinion and I think we've got the best training ground in the world we've got the best stadium in the world we've got one of the best infrastructures in the world all that's missing now is the team that goes with it so you put the manager in charge of that you have to give him time you have to allow him to do what he wants to do he said when he came in it's going to take four to five windows to do that allow him the time to do it if you think you've got the right man my thinking is if Conte leaves then where do we go who's going to pick up the baton after he leaves. So allow him the time, allow him the funds, give him the money to do what he wants to do. And in all honesty, I really don't think it matters if he signs four years or four months, because you know how volatile he is. Look at Burnley last season. We played Burnley away last season, and you look at the comments he came out with, everyone thought he was going to walk away. And I think the, the only binding of a contract is the financial binding for him and the club, and neither of them need that. If he's happy, he'll stay. If things are going right, if he's backed and he's getting what he wants on the pitch and he's getting what he wants from his players, he will stay. I honestly don't think that the, the longevity of his contract matters because of the volatility of the person. Martin, how much, um, how much credence do you give these rumours that he's suddenly pissed? Last week he was terribly happy, this week he's terribly pissed off. It's what he does. He always, wherever he's been, he wants to put pressure on the board to give him what he wants. And he did it at Juventus, he did it at Chelsea. Wherever he goes, it's his modus operandi. Uh, and the difference being, I guess, that he knows Paratici, Paratici, however you pronounce, I'm not going to be Italian pronunciation, uh, that he's pushing Daniel... Daniel can't let him go. So there's a little game being played. You give him two or three in January. You make it absolutely clear to him that he has the money to reshape the squad as he sees fit in the summer. And he signs a new contract. I'm, I'm pretty convinced, actually. I don't think... It, it's, it's a game that's being played. But actually, he doesn't want to go. He's got nowhere to go because Juventus is a total basket case. Um, and Daniel can't afford to let him go. And I don't think that it would salve the anger of the fans just to bring Pochettino back, which is the obvious play. There was a point, I, I still think that when they gave uh, Espirito Santo the job, it was because they thought that Pochettino would be available two months later. And that's why they gave him a contract where they could pay him off. And then when that didn't happen, they realised he wasn't the right fit. We could all have told them that, unfortunately. And they had to go for a fellow who they could have got in the summer, i.e. Conte. Now you've got Conte, 
you don't be so stupid as to let him walk. Well, yeah. Let's hope they're, let let's, let's hope they're walk, not. Can he? he's, he's employed one of the best managers in the world. You look out there now, who we've got, whether you like him or you like, because in all honesty, opinions are split. Yeah. The, the way that we play, it's not a nice way to watch at yeah. times. I've yeah. watched games this season, I've gone, ugh, it's, yeah. it's not nice. Yeah. We've watched games, it's too defensive, it's too this, it's too that. But he has to get results. Yeah. So from my, my biggest thing that I always go back to is, where do we go from Conte? Yeah. If we are to lose him, and if he goes of his own accord, or if he's to be sacked, whatever, who would pick up there and run with the squad that he's got? Yeah. And I think it'd be tough. So the, 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 the calibre of manager we've got is the correct calibre of manager. You have to, in my opinion, give him time, give him the patience to be allowed to do what he wants to do. And at times, it's not pretty. Believe me, I've sat in that stadium and gone, that's not great. I think, I genuinely think you'll see a different incarnation of Conte Spurs in the second half of the season. I think he has played because he's thought that this would be a well it is clearly going to be an unprecedented season. He his view was let's stay where we need to be. Let's get in the Champions League, stay there, let's be in contention. Let's play let's do the minimum we have to do to still be where we need to be. Because he also believes he's going to be given the two or three players he wants in January to make a difference. And the two or three he got in last January did make yeah. a difference. Yeah. Absolutely. Listen, there's no pictures on the league table. Look where we are in the yeah. league. Yeah. Look yeah. where we are in the Champions League. You'd have offered us that at the beginning of the season. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Taken yeah. it. Yeah. But how we've got there, it might not have been pretty, <laughs> no, but we're there. No yeah. one thinks we've played well yet. I don't think we have. But the difference being, we've been effective... And we'll always be effective because of the quality of players we've got in the team. You know, we've got two, and when Kudelski plays three absolutely top-class strikers who cause problems. And Kudelski being back and fit is actually a huge benefit because he occupies defenders. He makes them have to look over yeah. that on that flank, yeah, yeah. which creates again more space for, for Kane and Son. Yeah, fantastic. All right, let's pause just for a moment. I'll do a little bit of housekeeping here and then we'll talk about more specific things about forthcoming games and lineups. Just to say that our monthly live shows are up and running. You're actually at one. And uh, if you sign up and join us at season.spurshow.net, our next January guest is Jerry Armstrong, who's a very, very interesting man. I, I recently interviewed Martin O'Neill on my other podcast, Life Goals, and he was talking about what a very uh, fascinating interviewee Jerry Armstrong is. You probably know him, Martin. He's a, he's a top bloke, really yeah. good bloke, yeah. Yeah, so looking forward to meeting him. For premium content, including a daily news show, ex-players interviews, original documentary series on Spurs, go to patreon.com forward slash Spurs show and support our show in the process. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And please leave us a nice review on iTunes, it says here. Okay. Uh, right, so let's talk about specifics. So we've got Brent... It's incredible, isn't it, the pace of this? Because we're sitting here on a Tuesday night... Uh, it's Christmas Day on Sunday and on Monday it's Boxing Day and we're playing bloody Brentford in the Premier League. So how do you... I mean, we know for sure we're not going to have Romero in that team. We know Richarlison's not going to be fit. <clears throat> we know Benton Kerr, we don't think is fit for that one. Well, he'd be, he's suspended anyhow. So. He's suspended anyhow. So how, who do you see lining up for us there? Who, who benefits from these absences? Oh, obviously, lifeline for Sanchez, I think. <laughs> Probably, I think... <laughs> 
or you go Dyer, Longley, Davis. That I, I don't think he trusts Tanganga. So it's either Sanchez, Dyer, Longley, or Dyer, Longley, Davis. I would think. Right. I think Doherty has started the two. Um, Preview practice games, which suggests, and he's fit now, suggests he plays right side. Right. I don't think Perisic will play after his World Cup exertions. Okay. I think you give him a week off, just because he's played every game and basically every minute for Croatia, and they went all the way through to the. Yeah. To the what last. do you think of him, Mars? Because he plays higher up for Croatia, doesn't he? He, he does. Plays he, higher he up, plays more advanced. In, a, in, a, in a, the front three. Conte uses him as a left wing back yeah. more defensively. Do you think there's an opportunity for him, maybe with Richarlison injured, to play higher up, as in Son, Kulazewski, that type of role, or do you think he'll go back to left wing back? I think I wouldn't mind seeing him higher up the field. I, I think there'd be a, a call for that, but then again, you'd have to leave if you've got an, in, an injury or you, you leave one of rest, one of Kulazewski, Son. That would be the, the way to do it. I, I think he sees. I think he loves his experience, doesn't he? And also, his dead ball delivery is quite quite important for them. Um, and then the question is, I guess, who replaces Bentancur? Basuma, was it? Basuma or Skip. Now, Skip has not been fit for much of the season. Yeah. Um, but they've both played in these games. We ha- Let's be honest, Basuma's been a disappointment so far this season, given what we saw but from him. But I think him he's slowly improved, doesn't he? He's yeah. slowly got Look, into I it. I mean, Paul's a much better judge of a footballer than I am. I watched him at Brighton and thought, what a good player. Yeah. I thought he'd be outstanding. Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen that yeah. as yet. I don't think he's been given his opportunity. I think he's a good player. And I think when we, we, we had injuries in, in behind Harry Kane, he was forced to play a three in midfield yeah. with Hoiberg, um, Skip and uh, Benton, sorry, Benton Core, Hoiberg, and he came in. And Basuma, I thought, did a good job there. When we went to Old Trafford and he played the mm. three there, I looked at the team sheet and I thought, that'll work with those three in midfield. Mm. But it didn't work. Mm. But... Hoiberg's played that well this year. He surprised me. He really yeah. surprised me this yeah. year. I think Benzenkor's been outstanding. Hoiberg has stepped up to the plate and he's stepped up to the competition. You look at the squad building now at Spurs, we have to have a, a squad to compete at the top level. Sonny didn't like having a squad. Sonny didn't like having Richarlison and Kulazewski there. Look at the start of the season. He liked to know he was playing every week. Whereas Hoiberg responded to the competition of Basuma there. He went, right, I'm the man, it's my shirt. You take it off me. Sonny didn't like that. Because Sonny's form obviously has not been great this season compared to the last two or three seasons. Do you think that's what it was? It was, it was him feeling yeah. that yeah, pressure and not responding well to Everybody it. Everybody reacts differently. Yeah. Everybody reacts differently to that. All of a sudden, he's got two people there that can do his job. Yeah. If he hasn't played well in a game, next week he's not guaranteed to play. Yeah. And certain players react differently to that. Like I said to you, Hoiberg with Basuma coming in, yeah. Hoiberg's gone... That's right. my shirt. Get it off me. Yeah. And he's gone to a different level. Sonny, all of a sudden, hasn't played well in a he's couple of games. And he kind of shrunk a little bit. Yeah. But by the way, didn't he come back with his hat-trick? He did, but that was the interesting thing. That was the week where he did get dropped. Yeah. Comes on as a sub and scores an incredible hat-trick. Um, I'm interested to know from you, Paul, Hugo Lloris, it is assumed is coming to the end of his time at Tottenham, probably at the end of this season. If not, he might have another. Do you think that's right, that he is? And if he is, do you think, do you think he is coming? Do you, th- do you think he's in a decline? And if so, what, who do you think we might look at to replace him? I think he's the best keeper Tottenham have had for a long time, put it that way. Right. <laughs> he's done excellently well. Um, I think there's, there's always a mistake in Hugo. Yeah. But I think what he gives you, uh, his experience where he is as a World Cup winner. Uh, he makes saves. And just when you think that he's finished, like uh, a season and a half ago, where his form really dips and everybody's really questioning him, 
to have the mental strength to come back like he did at the beginning of last season mm -hmm. and put in the performances that he did. Nobody lasts forever. Father time catches up with everybody. Mm -hmm. And it, that's inevitable. The, the worry for me is the strength in depth there. Fraser Forster's not the answer long term. Mm -hmm. So for me, they have to start now looking for Hugo's replacement at, at some point. But you're talking about a World Cup finalist. Again, a World Cup winner, a World Cup finalist, somebody who's been at the top of his game for such a long time. But now there is more mistakes that creep into his game. I think he's... You look at the, the, the goalkeepers in, in the Premier League, you look at Edison, you look at Alisson, that type of level. I don't put him in that bracket. I think he's in the bracket underneath that. Yeah. And I think if Tottenham want to progress to the next level, they, they don't replace for replacing sake. They have to replace with better. And whether you invest, they have to invest. Look at what Pep Guardiola did with Claudio Bravo. Spent 50, 60 million on Bravo. Had one season, he went, got that wrong. Went and spent a fortune on Edison. Mm. Now the goalkeeping position is becoming more and more important and prominent. Mm. When I played, you put the ball on the six-yard line, you kicked it as far down the field as you can. Mm. Now, mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but now you've got to be, you've got to be the all-round player. It's a different role. And the goalkeeper is becoming more and more important. And yeah. as the, the, the game progresses, Hugo has developed and progressed with the game. But now you've got to look to the future. And I think Conte, should he be there any longer than this season, next season? You're looking at the, the next one, if you like. Who do you think we should go for? There's a lot of good goalkeepers out there. I think uh, Jan Oblak, who's played in uh, Spain for a long, long time, I think he's a top-class goalkeeper. With his feet, maybe not the best. But the thing that I've seen Hugo do in the World Cup is kick it long. Mm. Every time you watch him play at Spurs with Conte, that, yeah. passes it along the six-yard yeah. line, passes it along the 18-yard box. When actually with France, he's, he's, his distribution has been different. Mm. And I think he's looked better in that situation. Biased, from my point of view, from one of my old teams, Elan Melier. He's a French goalkeeper. He's 22 yeah. years old. Left-footed, very, very similar to Hugo. I think he's a better shot stopper than Hugo. I think he commands his box better than he does. And I can't understand why he's not been in the French squad. You look at that French squad, they've got Steve Mandanda, who's been there forever and a day. Ariola, who doesn't play regularly. And Elan Melier, who made the most saves in the Premier League last year for Leeds. And he's been an excellent goalkeeper. So if somebody of that calibre would fit the bill, as in give Hugo another season with him underneath him. But there has to be a progression line. And if, if Spurs want to go to the next level, you know, you, you're signing top-level players. You're not signing players to make do and stay where you are. Everything that's in place, everything that they've got now, they have to be shopping in the top shops. Listen, you've got to be shopping in Harrods, not little. Quite right. That's exactly what Conti's saying right now in a smoke-filled room somewhere to Daniel Levy. Um, all right, well, then, before we wrap this up, let's talk about what we realistically, where we think this season can go for Tottenham. What can we, what's the best we can hope for? What do you think, Paul? We can, what's the best you think we can achieve this season? Oh, the best we can achieve, I mean, Champions League is almost a must now, isn't it? You look at what's been invested into the squad and you look at the playing squad, you look at the staff and everything else, the infrastructure around the place, it would, Champions League would be a miss. Champions League is minimum requirement without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. But investment in the squad and allow the manager to develop the squad. You've given him a job, you've entrusted the manager, let him do it. It may take time, it may be dour at times, it may be a poor watch, but give him the time to do it. Because like I said to you, I can't see beyond him at the moment. Yeah. Give him the time to do it, give him the funds to do it. If that fails, then we really are back to the drawing board. But Champions League is a minimum. Do you expect him to achieve top four? Yeah, comfortably. Okay. I can't and see them sitting at the top maybe of Maybe a run in the FA Cups or even the Champions League? Yeah, the FA Cup, definitely. But it's very difficult. Yeah. 
you know, the, the knockout competitions. The, you look realistically at the league. Man City is so strong. I yeah. mean, that lot over the road, they're not going to stay there. They're not good enough. Man, hey. Man City will walk the league. Yeah. Look, it's, it's for, for me to see them sat there, yes, he's done a good job. Arteta's done great. But the strength and depth, they've lost Jesus. They will, they will fall away. City will carry on. They'll win the league this year. Yeah. And then you look at the other cup competitions. What's our realistic chance of silverware? The FA Cup, are we going to win yeah. the Champions League? Been realistic? We're in the Champions League. We've got, we can beat anybody on our day. Yeah. But are we going to, is that an opportunity for silverware? Mm. FA Cup, potentially, yes. Yeah. Champions League is a must. And absolutely, with what we've got, definitely we can, yes. Yeah. Martin, it's funny that about this, the FA Cup and the Champions League because you, you, that's exactly your instinct. You think, well, the FA Cup's obviously a possibility. Champions League's much harder. And then you realise that most of the teams you'd have to get past in the Champions League are the same teams you've got to get past in the FA Cup these days. It's so weird the way things have turned out. What's, what do you think we can hope to achieve, Martin? Look, the, the maximum expectation, I think, will be second in the Premier League because City are going to win it. Yeah. I would say semi-finals of the Champions League. I think that's possible. I think, you know... This will be famous last words when we get done 4 0 at home, but I think, we're be- I think we're better than AC Milan. I genuinely do. Uh, and then you're in the last state, and then question of the draw, isn't it? And FA Cup, wouldn't we just love to see a proper run in that? I mean, but then again, what team does he play against Portsmouth? We saw last season when we ended up having to bring emergency Custer's last stand Kane on in the, in the third round to get through, and we were having a terrible performance. So you just don't know. I think. I would be very disappointed and very surprised if Tottenham don't finish comfortably in the top four. I genuinely think they've got a very, They're very good a bit good like sport. England in a major tournament. You, yeah. I, I mean, I covered the, 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 the World Cup for a foreign broadcaster and you're asked, can England win the... Do you think England will win the World Cup? No, I don't think England will win the World Cup. Can they? Yes, they can. Yeah. If they get to a knockout stage... They're capable of beating anyone in a one-off game. Yeah. And it's the same with Spurs. If they progress far in the Champions League, you get a little bit of luck, injuries, etc. Yeah. You play in a one-off game. Of course, they're capable of beating somebody. Do I think they'll win it? No. Are they capable of doing it? Yeah, with a bit of luck. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, that seems like a good note to end this segment on. We'll be back. We're just going to do a very brief pause and then we'll be back. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.